and welcome to the Crypto Cafe, where we embrace newcomers and OGs to art, innovation, and AI. Our host, Randy Zuckerberg, is traveling, so Debbie and I are stepping in to make sure we keep you up to date on what you need to know this week in the world of creative innovation. Randy, or as we like to call her, the mother hugger, will be back with us next week. So for anyone tuning in for the first time, my name is Michael Littig, and I'm the Director of Creator Programming at Hug. And I'm joined in the Crypto Cafe by my colleague, Debbie Soon, Chief Growth Officer of HUG. At HUG, our mission is to democratize access to art through technology and education. So if you're interested in checking out free resources to help you become the best creative entrepreneur possible, check out thehug.xyz by clicking the link in the show notes. So... Each week on Crypto Cafe, we provide what you need to know this week in all things with AI, blockchain, anything changing the landscape, and all of it in 10 minutes. So on today's episode, we're going to discuss two stories. X, formerly known as Twitter, has begun an ad revenue sharing program, interesting, and... Second story, Walt Disney has created a task force to study artificial intelligence and how it can be applied across the entertainment industry. Lots of controversy there, but before we jump in, Debbie, on a scale of one to 10, how did I do on that intro? Oh, you absolutely smash it. Well, I don't think anyone can ever replace Randy, but I thought that was as good as it gets. So you should feel extremely proud. Okay, fair, fair. I, I like the, I like the verb smashing. I, I was a <laughs> smashing. It was a smashing intro. Um, but I want to jump into this first article uh, because you are a queen of X Twitter. What are we calling it these days? And ad revenue sharing program. Why do we need to know about this this week? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, I think that's been one of the things that people on Web2 social media platforms have always felt, um, you know, something that they weren't that happy about, right? Like they're putting out all of this great content and, you know, whether it's Twitter, whether it's Instagram, whether it's YouTube, but they're putting out all of this great content. Um, they have so many followers, people are enjoying it, and they then just struggle to really make a living out of that, even though they're providing so much value to these platforms. So I think we all know that on YouTube, they have a great advertising program. So if you're a creator, you're putting out long videos and ads are being run in the middle of your video, you get paid for it. So, you know, this is really quite similar for that what Twitter is trying to roll out based on the number of impressions that you're getting, you then start getting um, a bit of payout. Uh, and, you know, I think right now creators are able to withdraw as low as $10, um, you know, which is which is great. I think it's a start. Um, and Elon has definitely committed to paying out, you know, millions over, you know, over the next few months. So it'll be a really interesting thing to see how this pans out. You know, I think a lot of content creators have been primarily making money off like images, videos. And so there are a lot of great writers on X or Twitter or whichever one we are calling it these mm. days. And so this is another opportunity for hopefully writers to be able to make good, um, you know, some additional income for their efforts. Yeah. And so as someone who you spend a lot of time on this platform, where do you see all this going? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's it's interesting because I think it's a bit of a double-edged sword for sure. Like I think on one hand, the creators that are showing up every single day. Uh, and, you know, frankly, I used, I definitely used to write a lot more and and I guess, you know, work got busy. And so I, I will put my hand up and say I have not been as consistent in terms of, you know, writing thought leadership pieces on X as I was, say, quite a year ago. Um, but, you know, like there are a lot of content creators who are are genuinely showing up every single day, put together these greatly written threads where there's a lot of research that goes into it. You have to format it and write it in a, in, in a subtle way to appeal to the audience that's there that tends to have a shorter attention span. Um, so, you know, I'm really happy that, you know, that they are getting compensated for all of these efforts. I think at the same time, you now have a lot of people who try and like write hot, spicy takes or, you know, express controversial opinions because they know that that tends to generate more clicks, generate more views, more impressions, and, you know, kind of really gaming the system and doing a lot of what we call engagement farming techniques in order to make themselves eligible for the payout. So it'll be interesting to see if we can find a healthy medium or healthy balance between those two forces. Totally. Yeah. I want to share a quick story. I was at a wedding this weekend and uh, a friend of mine is going to Japan and she was telling me how she's getting all of her information from creators on TikTok. And actually, this is part of a, lar a much larger trend where we're seeing um, people kind of having no, uh, less trust in centralized authorities and they're going to creators to get their interest um, when it comes to, I saw an article in the New York Times even today about how people are getting their movie reviews from people on TikTok because they don't trust the what they call Hollywood labeled critics who are like in the pocket of Hollywood movie studios. So I just think that's fascinating. What are your, some of your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've heard of um, people doing that for a long time, too, as well, like uh, especially travel recommendations, restaurant recommendations, uh, and which is why a lot of these social media platforms are improving kind of their search capabilities. So even on Instagram, they prioritize, um, you know, people that write captions that contain some of these SEO, like popular search terms, because they are realizing that at least the younger generation are turning to their peers to get their favorite uh, movies, favorite books, favorite uh, restaurants and, and the like. So it's definitely an interesting trend. Um, would be, we'll, would love to see how this continues to pan out over the next few years. Totally. So I'm going to jump to the next story, which uh, really goes to the heart of something that is uh, both important to myself, I know to Randy, which is uh, Disney's creating this AI task force um, as it looks to expand, make their work more efficient across their, um, their movie studios, their TV studios. But what's interesting about this in terms of this larger trend is this lands itself right in the middle of the writer and actor strike. And so the thing that's going on here is you you have this big um, corporation, Disney, that's wanting to, in some ways, save money by advancing its AI technology across its parks. Maybe they can use generate actors, they can generate voices, but then you have these individual artists who are saying, wait, 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 wait. So you're going to scan my likeness and then be able to use it um, infinitely for amount of time and I won't get paid for that. And so there's this big battle right now of discovering, putting down um, flags to say like this 
is not right and we need to do something about this. And so I think it puts us at this really big tension of technology as collaborator and how we are going to interact with AI in the future. You know, so for the listener, one of the things that AI is being used for is like when you watch like the Mandalorian, if you watch that show, they were able to make Mark Hamill look like his younger self. That's all AI technology. But what they're going to be doing in the future is probably scanning background actors to become AI generated background actors. So Debbie, as you kind of think about this, what are your thoughts? Oh gosh, that um, scanning um, actors to become AI a background actors. That's um, have you seen that Black Mirror episode uh, episode called Justice Hawkeye? Yeah, so I guess it feels like sometimes I have no idea if um, art imitates life or life imitates art, but it's um, truly fascinating and and one to watch. I mean, I think for anything around AI, there's there's always going to be two camps. There's going to be the one camp that just feels you know completely intimidated and you know worried about what changes this might make and you know us not necessarily grasping with what influence this um incredible technology has and you know on the other side of it uh obviously the fact that it could make things so much more efficient it could help um, every single person kind of level up their creative skills uh is an incredibly powerful collaborator as we have chatted about many times before so you know i do think that at a at any corporate or any kind of large organization they probably need to have a view in terms of what their philosophy is when it comes to adopting AI, like where can it really add value? Where could it, on the other hand, um, you know, detract value? And so that's definitely something that I'm paying attention to with, you know, large organizations, if they are taking up a leadership role, right? Like not just within their companies, but, you know, on a bigger industry level. Um, and on Disney specifically, I actually have a friend who works at Disney and I feel bad because the company has seen so many layoffs as well. And so, you know, it, it's, I mean, it may or may not be directly correlated, uh, but I think it definitely shows that people's jobs are at risk. So as much as we are excited about the future of AI, that's also, you know, likely going to be a really painful transition phase as people try and figure out what their new role in this new environment with te this technology is going to look like. Yeah, the one thing I would like to add on to that is we are in a moment where the technology is self-identified. You can tell it's what we will call the uncanny valley. You can tell something is AI generated usually, even in the voice um, generation. But as the technology gets faster and more efficient, that will be harder to tell. Now, what I'm noticing as a trend is there's a movement toward authenticity. So I think more audience members are going to want to know that that material was gener actually generated by that actor. You see this in art as well. There's this movement towards the analog, like creating something with your hands. And people want to go see experiences. They want to like have a live event. They want to feel something that's real. So I love that Disney's putting itself in the middle of this. I'm always going to be like you. I'm going to kind of point towards the latter, like, you know, learn how you can um, collaborate with this amazing collaborator called artificial intelligence. Um, but it's complicated. It's totally complicated. All right. Um, let's end, end with a wrap up game. Um, favorite art drop of the week. Go Debbie. 
All right. Well, that is this incredible photograph by Rachel Wood, uh, which is paired with poetry from Rachel Wilkins. It's called Hopeful Maui. And, you know, all of the proceeds on that art drop goes to, um, you know, rescue efforts, um, you know, uh, uh, rescue efforts in Maui after the terrible wildfires. So that is a beautiful piece of work, has a great mission. Uh, and, you know, so really excited about that particular art drop. I love that. I love that how artists um, always respond in the moment to what's happening in culture and to crises. So that's awesome. For me, I got to go with happiness is like a butterfly. This is an artist I've been working with in Kenya, Sherry Margaret Najiji. Um, one of the things I love about innovation and technology is the democratization to access to these types of tools and to allow artists to, she's from, um, uh, in Eastern Kenya. So the fact that she can sell her work online and make, um, an addition to her living is just awesome. Um, all right. One more artist builder or creator of the week that you have your eye on. Oh, so many. Um, but one of my favorite artists recently is this artist called Jam Jam. Uh, he creates these adorable pixel art and he also animates them. And they're just so they're just so cute. They're kind of remind me of, you know, back in the day when we were playing 8-bit games and on like Game Boys. And it's kind of got a little bit of that retro vibe, uh, but, you know, kind of also translated into what we're looking for today. So I'm just really excited about his work and I'm, you know, keeping an eye out for what he's about to release next. Oh, I love that. Uh, a 90s glitch is coming back. Um, for me, I got to say Jack Butcher. I, I know we interviewed Jack Butcher in the Crypto Cafe. Randy did an amazing interview with him. Please check that out. His words are swirling around in my brain as I've been writing a lot about him this week, in particular around the internet as a canvas. I, I just can't stop thinking about that idea. So, um, Debbie, how do you think we did? I hope we did okay. I hope I we hope. did our mother hugger proud. <laughs> I hope. I hope. So, uh, friends, listeners, that's a wrap on what you need to know this week. Thank you so much for joining us in the Crypto Cafe today. If you're an artist and you want to have your own featured profile on Hug, you can apply at thehug.xyz. And if you want to get free resources and news on trending creator topics delivered straight to your inbox for free, please subscribe to Creator Royalties also in the show notes. And make sure to tune in next week. Randy Zuckerberg will be back with us for a brand new episode of What You Need to Know in the Crypto Cafe. Pray for Debbie and I that we will still have our jobs. Thanks, friends. <laughs> Bye.